Clearshore presents Hacking for Defense at Stanford, Week 7, by Steve Blank, May 16, 2016, at steveblank.com. We just held our seventh week of the Hacking for Defense class. Now, with over 750 interviews of beneficiaries, users, program managers, stakeholders, etc., almost all the teams are beginning to pivot from their original understanding of their sponsor's problem and their hypotheses about how to solve them. Minimum viable products are being demoed to sponsors and sponsors are reacting to what the teams are learning. This week, teams figured out how to measure mission achievement and success, and our advanced lectures were on activities, resources, and partners. Why innovation in government is hard. As we spend more time with the military services, commands, and agencies, it's apparent that getting disruptive innovation implemented in the DODIC faces the same barriers as large corporations, and a few more uniquely theirs. The first barrier to innovation is the Horizon One leadership conundrum. In corporations, the CEO and executives have risen through the ranks for their skill on executing existing programs and missions. The same is true in most DODIC organizations. Leadership has been promoted through the ranks for their ability to execute existing programs and missions. By the time they reach the top, they are excellent managers at processes and procedures needed to deliver a consistent and repeatable execution of the current core mission, and typically excellent political players as well. These Horizon One leaders are exactly who you want in place when the status quo prevails and when competitors and adversaries react as per our playbook. To these Horizon One leaders, innovation is often considered an extension of what they already do today. In companies, this would be product line extensions, more efficient supply chain, new distribution channels. In the DODIC, Innovation is more often technology, more planes, more aircraft carriers, more satellites, etc. This more and better approach works until they meet adversaries, state and non-state, who don't follow their game plan. Adversaries who use asymmetry to offset and degrade our technological or numerical advantages. Roadside bombs, cyber attacks, hybrid warfare anti-access area denial, A2AD, etc. When Horizon One leaders set up innovation groups, the innovators at the bottom of the organization start cheering. Meanwhile, the middle of the organization struggles through every innovation initiative. Why? Most often, four points of failure occur. 1. Horizon One leaders tend to appoint people who they feel comfortable with. Horizon 1 or Horizon 2 managers. The result is not in innovation, but in innovation theater. Lots of coffee cups, press releases, incubators, and false hopes, but no real disruptive change. Horizon 3 organizations require Horizon 3 leadership, with Horizon 1 second-in-command. 2. There needs to be effective communication about what being innovative means to different parts of their organizations, as well as defining and enforcing their expectations for middle management. How do middle managers know how to make trade-offs between the efficiency requirements of their Horizon 1 activities 
and the risks required of a Horizon 3 activity. 3. They have to create incentives for middle management leaders to take on Horizon 3 ideas. And 4. They have to change the metrics across the entire organization. If not, then the effectiveness of the Horizon 3 effort will be graded using Horizon 1 metrics. Secretary of Defense Carter's recent pivot to place the DoD Innovation Outpost, DIOCS, directly under his supervision after eight months is a great example of a leader enforcing his expectations about innovation. In peacetime, Horizon 3, or disruptive groups, need to be led by mavericks, sponsored and protected by Horizon 1 leadership. It is this group, challenging the dogma of the existing programs, who will come up with the disruptive and asymmetric offset technologies and strategies. By the way, history tells us that in wartime, the winners filled this innovation role with people who make most Horizon 1 leaders very uncomfortable. Churchill in World War II, Billy Mitchell, Oppenheimer on the Manhattan Project, Vannevar Bush at the OSRD, John Boyd, etc. More next week on innovation and the intransigent middle. Now back to the class. Team Presentations, Week 7. In a company, you know you've been successful when you generate revenue and profit. But in the military, success has different metrics. This week, the team's assignment was to understand what mission achievement and or mission success looked like for each of their sponsor organizations and each of the beneficiaries inside that organization. Later in the class, some of the team will realize they can build dual-purpose products, building their product primarily for civilian use, but also sold to the military. In those cases, revenue will become an additional metric. Understanding how to measure mission achievement and success for each beneficiary is the difference between a demo and a deployed solution. Sentinel initially started by trying to use low-cost sensors to monitor surface ships for their 7th Fleet sponsor in an A2AD environment. The team pivoted and has found that their mission value is really to enable rapid, well-informed decisions by establishing a common maritime picture with heterogeneous data. In their presentation, the team continues testing their hypotheses via customer discovery. They plan a trip to San Diego to visit the customer, and they realized that an unclassified proxy for their data is the IUU fishing program, with a great assist from the State Department's Innovation Outpost in Silicon Valley. Their minimum viable product is using this illegal fishing data. They summarized what mission achievement would look like for three beneficiaries in the 7th Fleet. Capella Space started class believing that launching a constellation of synthetic aperture radar, SAR, satellites into space to provide real-time radar imaging was their business. Now they've realized that the SAR data and analytics is the business. Then the question was, for whom? They described what they learned about illegal fishing in Indonesia thanks again to the State Department Innovation Outpost. But the big idea is that Capella has pivoted. The team realized that there are many countries that want to detect boats at night, and most of the countries of interest are located in the equatorial belt. 
they did a rough outline of mission achievement for the key agencies and countries. Interesting to note that Capella Space and Team Sentinel seem to be converging on the same problem space. Narrative Mind is developing tools that will optimize discovery and investigation of adversary communication trends on social media, allowing the U.S. Army Cyber Command, R-Cyber, and others to efficiently respond and mitigate threats posed by enemy messaging. The team provided a textbook definition of mission achievement. They specified what success looks like for each of the beneficiaries inside their sponsor, R-Cyber and they broadly outlined mission achievement for three private sector markets. Next, they plotted all the potential adversary communication trends on social media problems and overlaid that problem space with existing commercial solutions. Then they showed the problems not yet solved by anyone, and they further refined the specific problems this team will solve. Narrative Mind further refined their minimum viable product to product market fit. Aqualink started the class working to give Navy divers in the Naval Special Warfare Group a system of wearable devices that records data critical to diver health and safety and makes the data actionable through real-time alerts and post-dive analytics. A few weeks ago they pivoted, realizing that the high-value problem the divers want solved is underwater 3D geolocation. John Boyd and the OODA loop make an appearance in the class. The OODA loops and the four steps of customer development and the lean methodology are rooted in the same get out of the building, get eyes out of the cockpit, and speed and urgency concepts. Aqualink's two versions of their minimum viable product are beginning to be outlined and the team passed around physical mock-ups of the buoy. Guardian is trying to counter asymmetric threats from commercial drones for the Army's Asymmetric Warfare Group. The team certainly got out of the building this week. In between their classes, they flew to the East Coast and attended the Army's Asymmetric Warfare Drone Demo Day at Fort A.P. Hill in Virginia. They spoke to lots of vendors and got a deep understanding of currently deployed tactical drones. They show their substantial progress in their minimum viable product as they demoed advanced detection and classification capabilities. They are beginning to consider whether they should pivot to become a drone software platform. Right to Boom is trying to help Foreign Military Explosive Ordnance Disposal EOD, teams better accomplish their mission. Now they are developing systems, workflows, and incentives for allied foreign militaries with the goal of improved intelligence fidelity. This week the team was actually able to talk to a key beneficiary on the front lines overseas. What they discovered is that the JIDA current technical solutions, if combined, will provide a solution of equal quality to standalone development in a shorter time frame. They outlined their mission achievement success criteria for the key JIDA beneficiaries and continued to refine their understanding of the trade space. Skynet is using drones to provide ground troops with situational awareness, helping prevent battlefield fatalities by pinpointing friendly and enemy positions. Mission achievement needs a bit of explanation. The team has met and exceeded their basic goals to reach, 80% accuracy on target identification. From SOCOM's perspective, the team has achieved their initial mission. 
Now Skynet has moved beyond their original scope into an interesting area, and they've done further refinement of buy-in for SOCOM and the Border Patrol. Advanced Lecture Activities, Resources, and Partners Pete Newell presented the advanced lecture on Activities, Resources, and Partners. Activities are the expertise and resources that the company needs to deliver the value proposition. Resources are the internal company-owned activities. Examples are a company-owned manufacturing facility, big data or machine learning engineers, DOD proposal writers, venture capital, etc. Partners are the external resources necessary to execute the activities, such as outsourced manufacturing, system integrators, etc. Lessons Learned History tells us that what gets you promoted in peacetime causes you to lose in wartime. Teams are making substantive pivots on their understanding of the real sponsor problem and pivoting on their proposed solution. Understanding how to measure mission achievement and success for each beneficiary is the difference between a demo and a deployed solution. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We would like to hear from you, so please send your thoughts to comments at clearshore.us or visit us at clearshore.us. If you would like this show delivered to you automatically, you can subscribe to the Clearshore Podcasts on iTunes. Wishing you all the best until next time. 